0: testimony from this last week everybody knows uh, what was it Hurricane Ian uh, it was so funny because a week ago Friday we, we've been preparing our school and ministry open Tuesday first night Tuesday night and the Lord had given such vivid plans and what was gonna happen that night so I knew nothing was gonna alter that uh, did I know that there would be attack yes but I knew nothing would alter there would not be a weapon formed against us that would stand Uh, And Friday, a week ago, Friday, Kat looks at me in in staff and she goes, "Um, Mom, did you know that Ian is predicted to hit Belize Tuesday night? I literally, at that moment, burst out laughing with, I mean, loud and with tears. I I just laughed at the audacity of the enemy. And I actually forgot about it. I mean, I laughed and John's like looking at me in that weird how he does, you know, what, what are you doing, Lise? And I'm like, I said, this is hilarious. I said, there's nothing that will stop our Tuesday night. And I forgot about it. And I I think it was a day, it was uh, later that day or the next morning, Kat goes, "Uh, Mom, the storm literally took a U-turn. And I just want to say to you the power of laughter and the power of prayer. Because then I asked everybody to pray, I think it was, I don't know, Thursday or Wednesday, I can't remember. for a friend because the, now it had taken a U-turn and it was headed, the eye of the storm was headed right at them. And we prayed and sh- it shifted north again. And so I just love the power of laughter and the power of prayer and the fact that the enemy can do nothing to come against our God's plans. Amen? Amen. It was funny because Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Rick and I went in uh, for a prayer walk in PG. And I usually start at the dollar sign. But this time I went to, I was out on, the, we, we start on the pier for prayer. And then I usually go to the dollar sign. But I couldn't get off the pier. And as soon as I stepped out onto the pier, um, I heard the Lord say, Oh, storm battered city. Oh, storm-battered city, I will rebuild you. I will rebuild you. And I stood there and I spent some time with the Lord on the pier and just hearing the heart of the Father for our nation, for our city. And we, the Lord has been really pressing on our heart. Our theme this year with School of Ministry is the discovery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. The realization that... He is in me. See, I, uh, you know, we're singing about these songs. We're singing about celebrating. We're see- uh, Liz opened up with, with a psalm of celebrating his greatness. I just want to, I, I, I was laughing because he is so good and he is so great. And I, wanna, I, I just want to challenge us. And even today, as, it, as I share the word that the Lord gave me, I'm challenging myself. But could it be that the size of our celebration is a picture of our faith. Could it be? I want to ask you, what does your party look like? Because I believe that this is a year of celebration. We just entered into the the Jewish New Year. Uh, We just had Rosh Hashanah this, this last year. And I believe that the Lord, what he is saying on this new Hebrew calendar year is this is a year Of breakthrough, it's a year of expansion, it's a year of celebration, it's a year of birthing. And I'm not saying that I shared with students Tuesday night, I'm not saying that to stir you up, to get you all hyped up. I'm I'm actually saying to wake you up because you can sleep right through it if you want. We can have oh ye of little faith, and not even have a party. Or we can add on to the house and we can begin to throw rager parties like never before because of what he's already said to celebrate his goodness, to celebrate his greatness. And I stood on that pier and I actually did a declaration for us as a nation. And I said, Christ in me, the hope of glory, as I put my hope in him, he will renew our strength. He or we will soar on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and we will not faint. This is the season that we're stepping into because Jesus is our hope, our hope and our glory. And the crazy thing is he lives inside of us. So the the journey that we're on is discovering that. And it's been for the last couple of weeks. I think I got up here a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember who was in the audience, I can't remember who even shared this with me, but I got, oh, Liz, Liz P. was in the house, and her son um, had just had a vision of the angels in the room breaking chains. They were like literally breaking off people and falling to the ground, and as he, I guess as he had that, I get up, and I say, the breaker's in the house, and he was like, He was like freaking out, mom, mom, (laughs) you know. Um, But I'm on this thing that the breaker is in the house. He's in the room. When I say we're stepping into a breakthrough season, I'm talking about recognizing who the breaker is. See, each and every one of us carries something. And it's actually a gift that's been given to you from before time. The Lord said, the, the Lord said um, to each and every one of us, you will carry this. But my question is, do we know what we carry? Do we know the one who is within us? Because if we did, we wouldn't be freaking out trying to grab here and there or begging God to come down, but literally you being in the room. If you carry a breaker's anointing and you are in the room, then the breaker is in the room. If you carry a healing anointing, then we don't have to, To to tug and beg, but we can come in and we can celebrate because we know what he's given us to carry. And we know that because we are in the room, it's being released in the room because he is the healer, he is the breaker, he is the one. Maybe you know him as shalom, maybe you've encountered him that way. If you know him that way, you release him wherever you go. So I want to challenge all of us in what way have we not known him? in what area do we not know of him in what attribute have we not yet discovered because it says in colossians if you read through colossians the hope of heaven is in you the fullness of god is in you and the breaker wants to break forth out of you. So I want to look at a few things. So I absolutely believe it's a year of celebration. And I actually think it comes with a command. And the command is this, celebrate before the breakthrough. Celebrate before the breakthrough. I want to look at uh, 2 Samuel 6. And this is actually, David is in the midst of these battles, but the beauty of David is what? What does he do? What? He inquires of the Lord. He says in 2 Samuel, uh, sorry, we'll start in a little bit of 5. In 2 Samuel 5, 19, David asks the Lord, Should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? So he inquires of the Lord, and the Lord answers what? Yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. I want to suggest to you that at that very moment, he can actually begin to celebrate because the promise has been spoken. And if he has said it, then it is done. He is not a man that he could lie. So if he has spoken a promise over you, if we inquire of the Lord, right? And he answered, we listen. See, a lot of our prayer has been blah, 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 blah. Right? Instead of actually inquiring of the Lord and waiting on him. Listening. Listening for his directive. Listening for his promise. Listening for his word. Because the thing is, is once he gives it, it's Done. I challenge you to go back into the, into the gospels and look how many times Jesus told the disciples in the last three days before he was crucified that he would rise again. Go count how many times he told them over and over and over and over again, I will rise again. But yet he was crucified and they mourned and they ran and they hid in fear when they could have been celebrating all weekend long, waiting for him to come back. How long must I be with you? So my challenge is to us, when he gives a word, when he gives a promise, it is finished, it is done. You can set it in stone and start the party. I'm not starting the party, I'm, I'm not saying start the party, and hope it comes. No, the party is in celebration that it, it has come. Do you understand? So he goes and he actually, he, uh, and then it says this. It says, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. So David went to Baal Perizim, and defeated the Philistines there. And, the, and uh, David said this, the Lord did it. The Lord did it. He burst through my enemy like a raging flood. I told you this is a year of breakthrough. Where there is breakthrough, there is a lot of bursting. It's also a year of, of uh, we're, no, I, I, I say a year, but we're stepping into a season. A season of fruit in every season. It's the river that runs. We're, we're beginning to get the glimpses and we're celebrating now. The river that runs from his throne, that has the trees, trees, boat, trees, plural, of life on both sides of the river with fruit in every season that you can pick and eat and give away. And the leaves are for what? The healing of the nations. This is what we have access to right now. So I just want to ask us and challenge us. Are we living like we have access to this fruit and access to these leaves. In the psalm she read this morning, his gift is what? The nations. In the, in the, in the great commandment, what is the commandment? Go and disciple nations. The, he, the leaves of the trees are the healing of the nations. The one who is the breakthrough wants to burst through you. It says this, it says, He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. He named that place Baal Perazim, which means the Lord who bursts through. This is who lives inside of you the Lord who bursts through. It is definitely a, a season of birthing. So jump over to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54 is filled with an exhortation to sing, to shout, to build, to birth, and to celebrate. And it's before there's even an inkling of a child. It says this. It says, uh, it says, shout for joy, infertile one, or shout for joy, O barren one. You who have not given birth to any child, break forth break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud you who have not been in labor when it says break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud uh, it's a song of triumph it's a joyful shout and here's the deal i don't know that we know just like my laughter that day I had no idea the power of my laughter. But I believe when I look back and we look exactly when that storm shifted, it was the day I laughed. Is when the storm took a U-turn. So I want to challenge you to test the power of your laughter. To test the power of your song. Because he's telling this woman who has never born, uh, birthed a child, He's telling her to rejoice, to sing, and to shout before she's even pregnant. The one who's actually been labeled barren, he's saying, sing, celebrate. You see, shout for joy, the shout means this, extreme celebration. Again, I say to you, what does your party look like, and are you even celebrating right now? Are you feeling like, mm, I really got nothing to celebrate? I don't know. But if you have the God I have, there's always a reason to celebrate. And it says, shout for joy, which means an extreme celebration before the answer comes. See, for, da- or, uh, for David, the Lord said, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you at that moment. He can celebrate. He could kill the fatted calf. He could bring out the gold goblets. He could bring a feast for the nation. You see what I'm saying? Because the Lord has already spoken what is to come to pass where it says to cry aloud. I love this one. I was, we were listening to Bill Johnson's uh, message on this the other day. And to cry aloud actually means this. It's a scream of anticipation. A scream of anticipation. Let me, listen, the promise has been spoken. It's done. Let me ask you this. Somebody walks in and says, I just got a call. And somebody just transferred is transferring a million dollars into your account. I just want to see how silent you are. The call has come in. It's coming. They're transferring it. Where the scream of anticipation is. (laughs) Woo! You know, have you ever seen somebody have have something come in? I'm not it's not even financial. Do you understand that that um Prosperity is actually the abundant, it's it's Jesus. Because Jesus is more than enough. And the one who is more than enough is in you. So why are we not screaming in anticipation of all he's going to do in our life? Do you see what I'm saying? He's saying to the barren woman, The one who has been labeled, you cannot have children. And he's saying, sing, scream, shout, celebrate. For the sons, it says this, for the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. So enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains. The curtains are the doorways. Open, your, open up ye gates. Let the king of glory come in. Stretch open your, your curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare them. Open wide so the king of glory can come in. This is you. You are his dwelling place expand the tent, uh, the place where your tent dwells. You are his dwelling place. And open up your gates and say, come in, come and dwell. You know, David said, I will not sleep. I will not slumber. I will not cross over my threshold until I find you a place to rest. You are his resting place. And he's telling this barren woman, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your curtains, do not spare them. Lengthen your ropes and strengthen your pegs for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your Listen, what is the gift of the Father? What did we hear in the Psalms this morning? His gift is the nations, right? His gift is the nations and it says your descendants will possess nations. And they will resettle desolate cities. Oh, barren one, these ones that you can't even fathom right now that are coming. You're going to have so many. They will not fit. You're not even pregnant yet. But on my word, will you build the added room? Will you build the nursery? They've said you cannot have children, but I'm saying build the room because they are coming. The sons and daughters are coming home. They're coming and they're going to need a house. They're going to need a home. They're going to need a a family. They're going to need the mothers and fathers to speak into them, to build them up, to call forth identity. Because they will possess the nations. They will resettle, they will rebuild the ruined cities. Remember, O storm battered city, I will rebuild you. So he's saying, O barren one, shout now. Shout now while you can't have kids. Shout now. Build now. Expand now. I've given my word. Because as you celebrate, you create the room for him to fill. You create the room. Listen to this. this uh, the Lord, gives, he's been having me all over. So just enjoy my journey. Enjoy my pieces. That's all I have to say. Over in Judges 5, we see Deborah, right? A a prophet, a judge, a valiant warrior. And Deborah and Barak sang a song of victory to Yahweh. But they sang after the victory over King Jabin and Sisera. They sang after the victory. still great. I'm just, I'm just showing you. I'm just going to pull a bunch of different pieces that he's given me and what I want to bring forth today. But they sang after. Yahweh said, go, deploy 10,000 men, and I will give you victory. Here's the song. Here is the celebration. We can start right there because just like with David, I will give you victory. He says this. Deploy 10,000 men, I will give you victory. The party planners should start right there. That's all I have to say. The parade should start right there. The song should start right there. And God went before them in battle, and he caused confusion. He He brought, right, the wind and the rain. We saw in the past story that we just looked at, he, he broke through, right? And the raging waters consumed the enemy. In this one, he brought the wind and the rain, destroying all in Jabin's army except who? Sisera. Sis, I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that right. But, uh, but there was one faithful woman who was right where she was supposed to be that might have thought, oh, everybody's gone out to battle but me. I'm just home just home, just taking care of the house, just taking care of the kids. But the victory, actually, the Lord gave her the opportunity to bring forth the victory because she was right where she was supposed to be. She was positioned in her home to take him out. And she took him out by driving a stake through his temple all the way down to the ground while he slept this little housewife that just thought hmm everybody's out at battle and i'm just i'm just at home i'm just a housewife i'm just a mom but yet the lord used her to bring ultimate victory in that battle the tent peg, this is why, why I wanted to bring up this part of the story, the tent peg actually symbolizes God's word. It's a picture of the woman or the church taking the hammer and the tent peg into her hands. A hand is a symbolism of the fivefold ministry, the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. It's, it's the woman taking the hammer and the peg, the word of God in, in her hand, and destroying the enemy. I I, want to propose this. Some could say this. It went in through the temple, which is what? It's our mind. It's where our thoughts are. Could it be that it symbolizes that 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 peg went through the temple because it was killing the mind of our flesh? The thoughts that didn't align with his. Here's another crazy one. To just, I'm just inviting you into my world. <laughs> the tent peg or the stake in the head of, of Sisera in the book of Judges is actually a picture of Christ the actual stake is a picture of Christ. It's the word of God and it's a picture of Christ. So, extend your tent. Lengthen your ropes. Strengthen your stake. It means so much more now when you look at that stake that he's asking us to put into the ground. One, it represents Christ being driven in to the to the ground, to the to the boundaries to the extension of who, you you extend your tent. Christ is taking back ground. He's also taking back the thoughts that do, and conquering the thoughts that do not align with his. I I love how Bill Johnson says that we cannot afford to have thoughts in our head that do not align with his. We need the mind of Christ. Christ. So the song that they sang actually says this, Blessings be to Yahweh who gave us victory today. For the people answered the call, and Israel threw off what once held us back. And how powerful this song must have been. It was a song that broke off whatever held them captive before. It was a song of victory. And I just want... I. Can you imagine the sound of his bride singing with great faith, believing and celebrating the promise? Yes, send 10,000 men, the victory is yours. We can actually sing on our way out to battle because the celebration should have already started. Can you imagine the sound that is being released, the celebration of our King? And I want to ask you, who's hearing our song? Who is hearing our song? Our song is going to awaken and call back the sons and daughters. They're going to hear the song, just like the psalm this morning, of, of celebration of the greatness of our God. They're going to hear the song of the saints and they're going to be awakened out of that deep darkness, and they're going to start coming home. So build, expand, add on the addition. Spare no expense. This morning, as we said Jesus over whatever we said it, do you know how many times I've had to stand on top of my finances because I live so far out ahead of where they are in the natural? But I am coming into a season That the breaker, the one who bursts through, is breaking that stronghold and that assignment because I am a woman of wealth. And I carry his abundance. And I carry it for the expansion of his kingdom. So I will no longer be held back. And my celebration starts now. Let's go back into Isaiah 54. And let's just read, because I, I, I think a lot of us know that that's at the beginning of 54. I think a lot of us know what's at the middle, and, and some of us know what's at the end, but I don't know that we know that it's all in the same chapter. So we need to put this in context. <clears throat> so after he says, party, builds, your kids will, will occupy the nations. They will rebuild the ruined cities. He says, fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Party highlight, it's another promise. You will no longer live in shame, it's time to party. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of widowhood for your creator will be your husband. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. He is your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you back from grief. Don't stay there. Do not stay in sorrow, depression, worry, anxiety, or grief. He has called you back. He says, "For the Lord has called you back from your grief, as though you were a young wife abandoned by your, uh, as though you were a young wife abandoned by your husband." Says God, "For a brief moment, I abandoned you." But with great compassion, I will take you back. Listen to this. In a burst of anger, I turned my face away away for a little while. But with what? With everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. And it goes into another promise. Just as I swore in the time of Noah that I would never again flood or cover the earth, so I now swear. The one who cannot lie. So I now swear that I will never again be angry or punish you. For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken. If you need a party outline, uh, you just read through this chapter and pull out your post. This is bullet point number one. No more shame. Bullet point number two, you know, uh, my, my covenants of, there's more, there's ones before this, but my covenant of blessing will never be broken. The Lord who has mercy on you is the one who spoke that. And then it says this. Okay, so do not fear. Yes, I was angry. I'm no longer angry. I'm calling you back. My mercy will come upon you. My everlasting love will come upon you. And then he says to this beautiful woman, Oh, storm battered city, troubled and desolate. I will rebuild you with precious jewels and I will make your foundations of lapis and lazuli. I will make your towers sparkling rubies and your gates of shining gems and your walls of precious stone. I will teach. Listen to this all your children you do remember i i've pulled that out and 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 said lord i i want that teach all of our children but you need to remember the beginning of the chapter oh barren woman sing shout celebrate for you are going to have more children than the other and here it's the promise again i all of those children that are going to multiply that you're not going to have enough room for i will teach them I will teach them. You will be secure under a government that is just and fair, and your enemies will stay far away from you. You will live in peace, and terror will not come near you. Another translation actually says this You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. You shall be far from oppression. For you shall not fear. What this act—it—it it, it doesn't mean that oppression—that oppression will never uh, will not come near you, so you will not be afraid. No, because you do not fear, oppression will be far from you. That's what it's saying. Because fear is a oh is a door. Fear is the access point. It's a gate. Do not fear, he said. But in essence, he's saying, because you will not fear, oppression will not come near you. And then it says, if any nation comes to fight you, it is not because I sent them. A a, A hurricane is coming at you. I laughed because I knew it wasn't of the Lord. Whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. We need to learn to laugh at the plans of the enemy. We see that in Psalms 2. And the Lord says this, I have created the blacksmith who fans the coals beneath the forge and makes the weapons of destruction. And I have created the armies that destroy. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You You, see, a lot of us are asking the Lord to defeat the enemy, to silence the enemy. But he says you will silence the enemy. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. David inquired of the Lord. He knew his battle instructions. He got the promise. If we will live like that, there is not a weapon that can be formed. Weapons will be formed, but it will not prosper. Do you understand? You can actually laugh at the most fierce weapon that has come against you, your family, your nation, because it um, it will not prosper. It says, these benefits are enjoyed by the servants, the servants of the Lord. You see, we have seen in Isaiah, the servant of the Lord, which is who? Jesus, the son. But the son is turning into sons. So these It says, these benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. The crazy thing, here we are in Isaiah 54, and he's saying to this barren woman, sing, celebrate, build, expand, birth. the Lord knows what's coming. He's preparing her to celebrate what's coming. He's preparing her to build something to be able to handle what's coming. Here's the crazy thing. In Isaiah, I think we all know this. Isaiah is a, it's it's the cliff notes of the Bible. Isaiah has how many books? 66 books. How many books in the Bible? 66. Each chapter in Isaiah represents a book of the Bible. Here we are in chapter 54, getting ready for the end. I want to tell you that the last... This is what I think. This is what I think the celebration is for. See, the last seven chapters of Isaiah are about the glorious day. And it actually it's it's corresponding with the feast of trumpets and that but the last seven chapters <coughs> of Isaiah represents the glorious new day that is coming. Isaiah 60 it could be outlined like this. Are you ready? Isaiah 60 being a new day. Isaiah 61, a new priesthood. Isaiah 62, a new wedding. Isaiah 63, a new mercy. Isaiah 64, a new prayer. Isaiah 65, a new heaven. Isaiah 66, a new Jerusalem. He's preparing. He's saying, I need you guys to get this party started because the new glorious day is coming. And then, and I believe too. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me just follow my notes, so I don't get. Okay, listen. We all know one of my faves. So the beginning of the seventh, the, 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 the sixty starts the uh, the seven chapters. And Isaiah sixty says this: Rise up in splendor and be radiant, for your light has dawned, and Yahweh's glory now streams streams from you. Look carefully, darkness blankets the earth and thick gloom covers the nations. But Yahweh arises upon you and the brightness of his glory appears over you. I read that out of the Passion Translation just to mix you guys up a little bit because you hear me say it in the other translation so much. Isaiah 61, when it says, rise up in splendor and be radiant, that word radiant actually means this, break forth with the light of a new day. You, break forth. We need to get this party started. We need to expand our tent pegs. We need to uh, to make room for him to come in. We need to encounter and host him and have him rest in us, dwell in us, so that we find out who this Christ that is in us, the hope and the glory, who he is, and we get clean. See, this is all about inside. He can be in me, but if I'm black and dirty, how is he going to shine forth out? So I want to discover the one who is in me. And as I discover his greatness, I can tell you, I'm going to be cleaning some windows. Because you don't want to see me. You want to see him. Christ in me, the hope of glory. You want to see his light, not my light. You want to see his glory. You and I are called to be carriers of his glory. To be radiant is to break forth. We saw at the beginning, he is the what? He is the breaker. Right? He's the God of the breakthrough. He breaks breaks through and he destroys our enemies. Right? Now... He wants to break through us to shine forth the light of a new day. And then when it says, but Yahweh arises upon you, it means breaks out over you. So he wants to break out through you, and he's breaking out over you. If you read Isaiah 60, it's already done. Read it in the context. This is not something we're waiting for. He has risen upon you. It's done. The realization is Christ in you, the breaker, bursting forth through you. It says in John, those who believe, what? Rivers of living water will what? Burst out from you. We saw him in, in that place. I can't pronounce. I'll get it for you all. Baal perizim, right? We saw him as he burst through his uh, David's enemy like a raging flood. But here... It actually says in John 3, uh, sorry, John 7, 38. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. It says this. All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst forth from within you, flowing from your innermost being." if we would just believe in the promise, the one who is the breaker, the one who bursts forth will burst forth through us. His living water will burst forth through us. We see Jesus as the light that shines upon us and the light of the church is going to shine upon the nations. I am giving you the nations. You are the carriers of my glory. Go and shine forth. Go and and disciple the nations, baptizing them. His light is upon us. His light is bursting through us. The crazy thing is, from that verse, go back to the end where we ended in Isaiah. At the end of 54... And let's have a sneak peek into 55 where it says, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come and take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. We are setting, I believe that the celebration in 54 is celebrating or is setting the table for a celebration for the response of the great invitation of is anyone thirsty we're the party planners people we need to set the table he is they're going to hear our shout they're going to hear our song They're going to come running and respond to the invitation. Is anyone thirsty? And not only is the breaker going to break through with his raging waters, but he's going to do it through us. And they're going to come and sit and dine at the tables that we're setting. The sons and the daughters are coming home as a response to the great invitation. And it will resound over the whole entire earth. This is the song he wants us to sing. This is the shout he wants them to hear. The crazy thing when he says, drink of me, a drink, listen to this. If you drink of him, a drink then becomes a river. A drink will become a river. This is what he's calling us to. For you individually, he's spoken promises. That at the moment you heard it, at the moment you read it, you should have screamed with great anticipation. Just knowing it's already being transferred into your account. The building supplies should have been ordered. The party supplies should be bought. The calf should be slaughtered. And the musician should be put in place. Because Papa is saying to us, sing my song of celebration so that my sons and daughters will awaken and they will come home. They will come running home. This is the party that we are preparing for. The Isaiah 60, 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, and 66. A great new day. The Lord challenges me and how big my party's been going. So I'm not saying that my party's as big as it should be because he's blowing me out of the water of what to do for this women's conference. I'm going, that's just not, I don't know, Lord, that's a bit much. That's a lot of women and that's a bit much. And then I look and I see how he celebrates. I look in the first chapter of Esther of how they celebrated. The goblets were gold. The plates were, I can't remember, they were gold, I think. The, he fed the entire, he fed everybody this wasn't a nobody we are we going we just have a few people on our list just a few people can come you know and it was a feast he's challenging me in areas that he's promised see if he's already promised it's already done and my my song and my shout should go forth i put this in the, i'll close with this i put this in the chat <clears throat> with our, our, our students this week? Because it was a challenge to me. I actually heard somebody share the testimony. We all know in Acts, right? When uh, <clears throat> we, we, we know the Acts is still for today, right? The book of Acts. <clears throat> you do know in Acts that um, it's Paul, right? That walked and it was his shadow. The people got healed. Am I correct? Peter? Peter? Anyways, the disciple that walked, and when his shadow cast and people got healed, him, right? Uh, It was Peter. Uh, It wasn't like Peter went, check out my shadow, right? He wasn't like, let me get into the sun so my shadow can fall just right. His focus was on Yahweh. Yahweh was on jesus and what happened was wherever he walked if somebody got caught in that shadow because he had come to the place as it's christ in me it's nothing of me he had come so low before him that the only one the only one whose shadow that was going was jesus It was not Peter's shadow, and I wrote this as a challenge for me and as a challenge to our students, and I said this, are we ready to believe for limbs to grow out? Are we ready to believe for the dead to rise? Are we ready to believe for cancer to be abolished, null, and void? Are we ready to believe the promises that he's already spoken to us, that it's done, it's finished? Are we ready to believe that Christ in us, the hope of glory, the fullness of God, wants to flow through us to the point that wherever we go his peace his love his power his healing his breakthrough his joy that we would believe and trust trust in such a way that besides ourselves besides our weaknesses his fullness would flow through us could it be this is my challenge Could it be that we're walking into a season that by us simply recognizing the one who is within us, by believing what he has said, that the fullness of heaven will flow wherever we go? I'm talking about you walk into a hospital room, you're walking on the street, and you encounter somebody who needs healing, and you know the healer is within you. So, you know, if you can just go get near that person, they'll get healed. Because you're in the room, because of the one you've given a place to, those in the room get healed. Imagine with me as you walk your shadow falling upon those that you pass by and unbeknownst to you, they are healed simply because you know, you believe in the one who is in you and that we have become, and we have come low before him and given him his rightful place in our lives. And it is actually his shadow overshadowing ours. And because we know and we believe that those we simply walk by are healed. Are you ready to discover Christ in you, the hope of glory? Let's all stand. I just want you to close your eyes and just... Be in a position just to receive from the Lord. See, each one of you carry something. It's going to be different than the person to your right or to your left. You carry something that this broken world needs. So I want to ask the Father to reveal that to you. And maybe you know it, but maybe you don't know at what extent. Or maybe you thought that's all you carried. And he wants to reveal more. Because once you know what you carry, you know it's in full operation wherever you go. Amen? So I just want you to ask the Lord. Say, Jesus... Father, I thank you for your gift. First and foremost, the gift of your son. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Let's give him permission. Say, I give you full permission to break forth through me to burst forth through me, to be the breaker in and through me, for your waters to burst forth, your living water to burst forth through me, bringing breakthrough, bringing healing, bringing hope to the nations. Jesus. I ask you now, reveal to me what it is that I carry. What have you given me to carry into this dark world? A word will pop into your head, a picture will pop in, a feeling. Each one of you encounter him different. Jesus, what do I carry? I dare you? Is that all? Ask him, is that all, Lord? Is there more? What else do I carry? Have the conversation with him. What does it look like for me to operate in this, Lord? Show me a picture of you bursting forth through me in this attribute of who you are. The breaker, he is with you. He is in you. And I want to say you don't even really have to worry about your barren places. You just go carry him out into the world, and he will take care of all the barren areas in your life because he is a God of more than enough. He is not a God of lack. If you've opened the door to fear before in your life, I just want you to re- repeat after me and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for the times I've given into fear. It might be under a different name for you. Forgive me for the different times that I've given into fear. Worry. Worry. Anxiety. Forgive me for the times that I've given the enemy more credit than you. That I've listened to him more, given him more, Uh, I've had more faith in his lies than I have in your truth. Just ask for forgiveness. God, forgive me for those times and break it. So I just break agreement with that lie. I break agreement uh, with opening that door to fear. And I ask you to forgive me in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to close that door. I close that door now in Jesus' name. No longer does fear have an access. So oppression will not come near. Holy Spirit, I ask you to seal that door. And Jesus, I ask you for the mind of Christ. I ask you to pierce and remove any thoughts in my head that are not of you, any lies that do not align with you. I ask you to be the stake that pierces it and kills it and removes it from my thought process, from my brain, for I want the mind of Christ. And say, Jesus, I'm ready to party. I'm ready to believe you at your word and celebrate. I'm ready to celebrate now because I know it's coming. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen.